Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Screen Nerds Podcast. My name's Michael Burgett, and thanks for joining me for this quick screen episode of House of Gucci, starring Lady Gaga, Adam Driver, Jared Leto, Al Pacino, Salma Hayek, and Jeremy Irons. Uh, Just got out of the theater and wanted to share some of my thoughts with you on the film. Uh, The story is based on the true story of the Gucci family, uh, best known for the fashion design and just the turmoil and the eventual assassination of one of the family members. And wow, a lot to unpack uh, with this film because there's a lot to it and I think if there's one word to come out of this film for me is excess. Uh, I think both in the good sense and in the bad sense of of that word with this film. I think uh, it's an excess of talent with uh, an all-star cast top to bottom. But I think uh, even with an all-star cast, I think that the film didn't turn out as great as it could have been. And I think in some ways because of the fact that it's just an excess of a film. It's just a very long film. It's over two and a half hours and it it just felt like it kind of dragged uh, at some parts and it just uh, wasn't something where uh, you really I feel like it, it could have been told in a quicker fashion or at least a little bit trimmed up. But anyway, Uh, So, like I said, the film is about the Gucci family, and uh, Adam Driver is, uh, I think it's Mariano, or Mariciano. Uh, He is kind of the the main character of the film, him and uh, Patricia, which is Lady Gaga's character. They're they're the couple uh, that kind of steer the narrative of the film. Uh, Adam Driver's character is... He's a Gucci, but in a lot of ways, he's not a Gucci uh, because he, uh, you know, at the start of the film, just wants to study to become a lawyer. He doesn't really want to get into the the family business, uh, but he ends up meeting Lady Gaga's character, uh, falls in love, and because of that relationship, that's how he kind of gets back into the family business with all the drama and all that it entails with it and it eventually kind of turns him into that which he wasn't uh, you know he he actually becomes a Gucci in the in the fullest sense of that name and in that term and um and in the end uh, because of that he uh ends up divorcing Patricia and Patricia and her anger and vengeance uh, ends up ordering a hit on her ex-husband and because of that ends up going to jail and basically everything kind of crumbles in uh, when it regards to Gucci the family whereas Gucci the brand still continues on. Um, Like I said, excess of talent in this film uh, top to bottom, the the cast is tremendous, uh, and I thought the performances were very very well done. I uh, I particularly thought that Jeremy Irons's performance as the father of uh, 
Adam Driver's character, I thought was very well done. It's very subdued, and I think in in a cast like this with some of the talent that's there that can be kind of over the top uh, and excessive, uh, I, I thought that his performance, Jeremy Irons' performance, I thought was very, very exquisite uh, in its subtlety and in its subdued tone. Uh, I, I know that out of all this cast, he's probably uh, not going to get talked about as much because rightfully so, Lady Gaga and Adam Driver and Jared Leto and Al Pacino, those four performances were so grandiose, especially uh, Leto's performance is very over the top and uh, the very fitting of Jared Leto uh, as uh, the cousin to Adam Driver's character. They're all well done, but I, I thought that Jeremy Irons' character I thought was very, uh, very much an underrated performance. Uh, I thought probably Selma Hayek was the one that deserved a little bit more, uh, even though she played an important role as kind of the quote-unquote spiritual advisor to Lady Gaga's character. Uh, and was one of the co-conspirators of uh, the assassination. Uh, I just felt like she, that whole plot uh, and story was kind of the excess uh, in the negative sense that it really, it, it kind of bogged down the story, especially uh, in the latter half of the film. Uh, I know some critics, and I think this is one of the things that I would agree with them, the third act of the film really just kind of bogs down and it kind of gets muddled and it could have been cleaned up a lot better uh, and told a better story uh, because the story itself is from beginning to end is good. It just kind of feels like it just gets muddled and kind of lost in itself uh, before it gets to the end and it almost just feels like it kind of gets rushed at the end when if it been kind of trimmed up a little bit and really tightened up uh, could have been a little bit more of a focus on the ending um, but that's really to me that's the only negative with this film is is it just feels like it's just very excessively long when it could have been maybe at least 15 20 minutes less and I think that it would have been really spot on at that point out of the two films that Ridley Scott uh, directed and released this year, uh, I was thinking that this would be the film that uh, would have been the film that I enjoyed the most. Uh, but I would have to say The Last Duel, uh, I think I enjoyed more. I think the performances between those two films are on par. I, I thought that the performances that, uh, in, in each film were, were top-notch. But I just feel like from enjoyment's sake... I probably enjoyed The Last Duel a little bit better. Uh, that's not to take away from this film. I think that this film, uh, come awards season, will get uh, a good amount of nominations and maybe a couple of wins, depending on how things break. Uh, but it's not going to be the film of the year in my book. I still think that Belfast, uh, in my opinion, is the film of the year. And I was thinking, going into this 
watching this film that this would have been right up there. But I, coming out of the theater, I liked it. It's good. I don't know if I would say that it's a film of the year candidate, uh, nor would I say that it's one that you really have to rush out and see in theaters. I think that if you wanted to wait and watch it in, on streaming or get it on Redbox or rent it sometime, uh, and, and that would be the way I would go with it. I think just because of the runtime and really just several other options, uh, especially during the holiday season, uh, I would probably wait and watch it on streaming. Uh, but like I said, it's a good film. Uh, I, I think that it had the potential to be a great film. I think it just like uh, you know, Gucci in <laughs> real life. I think the excessiveness kind of uh, ended up catching up with this film. And I think that that's what kind of lent itself to just being a solid, good film instead of a great film. But that's my thoughts on The House of Gucci. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this film when you see it or, or any film that you've been checking out of late. I'd love to hear your thoughts and, and, and your opinions on these films. Uh, and you can always shoot them to me. You can always send them uh, either by email, screennerdspodcast at gmail.com, or you can send a tweet. And you can find us on Twitter at ScreenNerdsPod uh, and share your thoughts there. And if you get the opportunity, please rate and review and subscribe to the podcast, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple or Amazon, uh, Google, wherever it is uh, that you get your podcasts, uh, please rate and review and subscribe. Would really appreciate it and really help let others know what we're doing here at the Screen Nerds Podcast. So again, this has been the Screen Nerds Podcast, a quick screen episode of the House of Gucci. My name's Michael Burgett, and we will catch you on the next episode.